Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Russell Westbrook attacking hard to the rim. Packed it with the right hand. Oh, my goodness. And a technical foul on Westbrook for taunting. But what a dunk. Spinning is LeBron. He's got to go bare. He's some speed and throws it in. Here comes Clarkson right side. Clarkson dancing, spinning, dribbles off his leg right to Donovan who lays it up and in. Assist Jordan Clarkson's tattooed right knee. Oh, what a play. Stanley controls, finds Bradley. Yes! Yes, sir! From Johnson. Big rebound by the Lakers. Westbrook out of the court. Russ all the way. And the Jazz lose to the Lakers, 101-95, a day after they blew out the Nuggets, 125-102. Those three teams play three times in three days, and they go one and one, and the rest of the team wins every time. And that, PK, is part of the reason a lot of people don't trust the regular season when it comes to the playoffs. It ain't all even. So you're saying the Jazz weren't rested? They weren't. No, they weren't. Jazz, the Jazz weren't resting. Well, then why shoot all the freaking threes? Because <laughs> they ran out of ideas. You're the basketball dude. Because they ran, they out, ran of out of ideas. Ideas? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I thought I, they had this genius coach and all this stuff. Uh, the genius and, and coach was so pretty tired. Frustrated in the post game. Well, then how about you be frustrated during the game and do something about it? Put I don't Pat, need you to be frustrated in the post game. Put Pascal in. Let him drive to the hoop. The threes aren't going anyway. And we just had Lock on on Friday saying, you get stuff with him, but you give up stuff with him. And one of the things you give up is a three-pointer. Well, nobody else is making the three-pointer. So break the rotation, sit one of the veterans, and play him. I think, and we'll go around and around about this. I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the best answer that comes to to my mind watching that. And then I think the other thing is that we can sit here and uh, explain what went wrong or why. And it's true, I think, largely, if you're one of the better teams in the NBA. But if you want to be the best team in the NBA, then none of the explanations are good enough. If you're going to be the championship team, you just got to push through and win more of these. You're not going to win them all. Nobody wins them all. But why are you five and a half games behind the Suns? Because you haven't pushed through and won some of these. And if you're the best team in the NBA, you do. Now, you don't have to be the best team in the NBA in mid-January to win the championship. And that's why Quinn keeps saying, well, you know, how good are we going to be in Game 70? But they clearly have to be better. Everybody listening to this can come up with pet peeves in these games they're losing. And you can explain them away well, if you're above average. But if you're the best, then this stuff just doesn't happen. You figure out a way to beat the Lakers. And they didn't. Yeah, well, when have they ever been the best, though? I mean, no, well, they say they want to win the championship. The well, being the best means so winning the championship. Everybody wants to win the title. That's no big deal. I, mean, I know. Everybody says that. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to beat the Lakers at a, a below 500 team in January. Why do, why that do I was, sweep that aside? Well, it's January, that was, so it doesn't really matter. That was the Lakers' best win in two months. DJ and PK.
Hashtag NBA. Morant around a Clark screen, splits a double team in the lane, hangs 360 layup, is off the window and in. What a move on national TV for the Grizzlies' rising superstar, John Morant. Spinning 360 degrees in midair, lays it home with the left hand. Top of the key, Jackson against LeBert. Swing it around near side corner, Batum, another three. Oh! This dude is unconscious! Nikola Batum! from the outside. Here's Chris Paul to inbound underneath the basket to the right. But bounces it into campaign on the right baseline. He brings it out beyond the arc. Got a pick from McGee. Has Vassell on his hip. Lob to McGee for the jam time. An alley-oop from Cameron Payne to JaVale McGee. Highlights from the NBA. Who is this Nikola Batum you speak of? What happened to Nick, Nick Batum? Yeah, Nick Batum. Batum goes for 32, and the Clippers outscore the Pacers 139 to 133. Portland gets CJ McCollum back. Are they gonna are they gonna tank or not? Apparently not. He comes back, he scored 16 points. The Blazers beat the Orlando Magic 98-88. Those the Magic suck. Come on, they're not gonna go winless between now and the end of the season. <laughs> And what do those games have in common? Well, the Jazz lost to the Magic earlier this year, and they lost to the Pacers twice. First two teams we talked about this morning. The Nets season. Ah, major, major problem there with Kevin Durant. MCL sprain. He is going to be out for a while here. The Nets without him lose to the Cavaliers 114-107. to Darius Garland goes for 22-12. and That's a big hit for the Nets right there, PK, who can't seem to get their big three together. No, they can't. The Phoenix Suns keep it rolling. They blow out the San Antonio Spurs. Devin Booker, 48 points in the win, a 121-107 victory. Yeah, I like that Aiton went down with a sprained ankle last game, and they bring in this Biombo, who was a high pick and has just been kind of floundering around. They sign him, and he's been playing great, 17-14. and 14. I haven't watched him play. Have you watched any of those Suns games? Is this just a case of uh, better players around him, you think? Or maybe somebody finally figuring it out a little later in their NBA career? I don't have answers. I mean, yeah. I'm not a psychologist. I just know he went for 17 and 14, and they lack some big guys. And when Aiton comes back, now they got three of them. Draymond Green is out at least two more weeks. Soreness in his left calf is tied to... The involvement of a disc in his lower back. So that doesn't sound good. So the Warriors can't get their big three together either, just like the Nets. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. A weekend of basketball. There were some Monday games. The youth suffered their sixth straight loss. Arizona State making one more big play, one bucket down the stretch at the end to get the win. 64-62, six straight losses for the Utes, and they got the L.A. schools next week, so you figure that would be eight in a row. Those schools highly ranked. Utes can't catch a break, PK. They were right there well, but couldn't pull it off. What difference does it make? They're not going anywhere this year anyway. I mean, you got to give this man two to three years. Now, who cares if they get the L.A. schools? I don't get it. What did we think they were going to do this year? Uh, win a few more games than this. I mean, not go to Why? the NCAA What, what difference does it make? Are you more attractive to transfers if you won a few more games and you're closer? Closer to the tournament? 
they're nowhere near the tournament. We need closer. <laughs> if you're 20 miles away and now you're 19.9 miles away, does that make you closer? 18.5 miles away and you're closer. <laughs> He's got to have time to develop a program. Just show me some competitiveness. That's what I'm looking for the Utes this year. See how hard they play. How hard can he get them to play? And then let him go to work and see what he can do. I mean, he talks about how, you know, his first year at Utah State. Well, he's gifted an NBA player in Merrill. And then, obviously, he got the, what's the other kid, the center. He missed uh, Yeah, and, and away they went. They don't have that kind of talent here. Big win for BYU at USF. Down 10 in the second half. They turned it around and talked about making one more big play down the stretch. They made it. Do you wonder if that missed free throw right at the end was going to was gonna haunt him when Barcelo went one for two? Jesus, Saturday night, man. This is Tuesday morning. I can't remember. <laughs> I, watched the, I watched the whole game. They're an NCAA tournament team. they got 11 games to go. Yep. The most they're going to lose is three. Yeah, yeah. All, all my NCAA doubts swept aside. That was a great win on the road. That pays off for them big time. Big Sky play. Weber State beat Idaho State 78-61. Kobe McEwen scored 23 points. Southern Utah beat Portland State 86-76. BYU, an NCAA tournament team. And will the state get a second team? Southern Utah and Weber State. Preseason picked 1-2 in a Big Sky. And it could come down to a Big Sky tournament final between those two teams. Let's see how that plays out in March. Aggies face Fresno State tonight. That game, 9 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. Scotty G will be on the call. Pre-game coverage at 8.30 here on The Zone. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Joe Burrow is ready. Hopkins snaps it back. Burrow drops back to throw. Looking. Rolling out to the right. Still looking downfield. Burrow throws it toward the back yeah. of the end zone. Boy yeah. leaps. He makes the catch. They have the extra offensive lineman, Tommy Doyle, in the game the last couple of snaps. And this sometimes where you get that big man touchdown. Josh keeps it up. Play action. Fires to the end zone. You called it, Eric. Touchdown, Buffalo. The pass to rookie Tommy Doyle. The big man touchdown. They are pouring it on now. This game's out of control. Here's the play, dropping to throw Brady, looks toward the end zone, throws, caught ball, Evans, he's got a Tampa Bay touchdown, does a somersault, and the box put the dagger in the heart of the Eagles. They got to get up and clock the ball, five, four, three, two, Dak, will, will he get it off in time? No. With one second to go, did he spike the ball in time or no, not? No, he did not. He did not, the 49ers have won the game, what do you got, Alex Kemp? Did he spike it in time? That's Hold the it. end of the game. The game is over, the 49ers. 49ers have won. They're on their way to Lambeau. Oh, my goodness. Steelers show a four-man defensive front. Trying to build a wall. Now they're going to throw it long. The Chiefs want Tyreek Hill. Out of the shoulder. Touchdown! Kansas City! And Mahomes is on fire! Second and six from the seven. Here comes the blitz. Slides to his right. Throws low. Cut the goal line. Cooper Cup makes the catch for the touchdown. The triple crown winner. That's Cooper Cup about. has the fourth touchdown of the game. And the Rams... The Rams blow out the Arizona Cardinals 34-11 to in a horrible pick six. Seemed like the play that blew it open, but there were so many plays for the Rams. They won pretty comfortably. So they advance. Matthew Stafford only had to throw for 202 yards and two touchdowns as they got the big early lead. Best game of the weekend, the Niners, the Cowboys. Why run the ball with 14 seconds left? The people who do this for a living, who break down all these scenarios in the offseason and obsess about every detail, 
Coach is saying it takes 17 or 18 seconds to run up the middle and then to get everybody up there and spike the ball, and the Cowboys tried it with 14 seconds. What happened to the Cowboy offense in the first three quarters, PK? Niners, D, just shutting them down. Seven points in three quarters. Seems like the game was lost early. It was lost early, and it was lost late, and it was lost in the middle. Yeah, right. All those penalties, that was uh, that was nice. Just one flag after another, 14 eventually on the Cowboys. A lot of penalties, a lot of yardage yeah, to give up. I mean, I, well, they only actually only gave up 86 yards, I think, with all those penalties. You would have thought it would have been more. The two seeds looked as awesome as they were supposed to look. The Chiefs and the Bucks both rolled. Chiefs crushing the Steelers. The Bucks getting up 31-0 on the Eagles before the Eagles got a couple of late scores. They looked good like they were supposed to look, P.K., but the Bills weren't supposed to look that good, scoring on every possession against the Patriots until they kneel down at the end of the game. No fourth downs for Buffalo. Right, yeah, obviously. They, they were just on fire, man, offensively. And Brady was early with the Bucks, and, and that's what you expect. So the Bills, you know, this is what I thought they could do all season. I was surprised they had a little bit more of an up-and-down regular season than yep. I thought they were going to. And it doesn't matter now. I don't know that they're going to get uh, that type of performance every week. For whatever reason, the Patriots just didn't belong on the field going forward there. If they can get, obviously, if they can get that kind of offense, they're going to be tough to beat. Well, we get the Bills and the Chiefs this week, which uh, I think a lot of people thought could be the AFC title game when the season started, but they're going to play a week early. The Bengals are going to play the Titans. The Bengals beat the Raiders in a pretty good game, 26-19. Your field goal rule took a beating in that game. Man, that was just one field goal after another. Somebody put the ball in the end zone already, will you? Yeah, I think they should limit them to three a game, make the game more exciting. Raiders fired GM Mike Mayock after that loss to the Bengals. He had three seasons on the job. He was hired the same time as John Gruden, and they are going to start over. Although maybe not completely over because the interim coach may be getting the job. Uh, For a few years until he gets fired. (laughs) Rotate people in and out. Uh, San Francisco is going to Green Bay. Jimmy Garoppolo with a slightly sprained right shoulder according to his head coach, Kyle Shanahan. He is expected to play Saturday against the Packers. Good. Jimmy G already has a torn ligament in his right thumb. So, Bad. See, see, all right, yeah, we'll see what the see what the Niners passing game looks like. Give him more of an excuse to throw bad passes. Give the Packers more of an edge that they shouldn't oh, yeah. need at home in the playoffs. Former uh, BYU linebacker Fred Warner had a sprained ankle and that went over Dallas. He is expected to play against Green Bay as well. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Well, you may not like it, but it's the way the game is played. So Davo Sweeney, who's been a vocal critic of the NCAA transfer portal, has added a quarterback. He once coached Northwestern's Hunter Johnson, who was at Clemson, left to go to Northwestern, is now returning to Clemson as a grad transfer. I suppose we're going to see more of this. The true bounce back kid, bouncing back to Clemson. Let's see, Booth Koch? <laughs> Bouncing back to Utah. We're going to see more of this. Just get used to it. I don't like it here. Oh, the grass isn't greener. I'm going back. Iowa coach Kirk Francis disbanded an alumni advisory committee that was created after a 2020 investigation found evidence of racial bias against black players in his program and bullying behavior by some of his assistants. 
See Todd Graham? <laughs> Verrett's decision to end the committee came shortly after its leader, former offensive lineman David Porter, suggested it was time for Iowa to cut ties with his coach. Yeah, I'll cut some ties with you. And Todd Graham out at Hawaii. That was a spectacular Friday night news dump right there, man. Let's bury that. Hawaii now looking for a new coach. And all of the lists seem to have a bunch of guys with BYU ties. Uh, Lamb, Tuiaki, and I. Yes, all three of them. Of course, those are big lists also. They've got... Yeah. Former players on there, and right. I mean, when those guys are on the list, it's a list of eight to ten people. It's not like they're three or four finalists or something no, like that. Not yet. Not right. Yeah, not yet. Wouldn't be at all surprised to see one or two of them as finalists. Lamb was a finalist last time. Yep. Hot takes or toast? Brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res is the only carpet cleaner for a smarter, lasting clean. Zero Res patented processes uses only water to clean, meaning no crunchy carpets and spot-free carpet that is safe for the whole family. Schedule your carpet cleaning today by calling 801-288-9376, 801-288-0, or booking online at zeroresaltlake.com. Or if you're up north, it's zeroresdavisweaver.com. Coming up, Jason Cole, longtime veteran NFL reporter, NFL Hall of Fame selector, is going to join us in about 10 minutes. Talk about all those NFL playoff games and look forward to next week. And Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, will be here at 9.05, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is unright. You guys are doing a hell of a job. I just believe... It can't be status quo for Utah because if it's status quo, USC, Oregon are going to go. They're going to blow by Utah in the next couple of years. Utah's got to get bolt. They got to get creative. They got to get outside the box. They got to get some big time recruits bigger than what they've been getting. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran weekdays from three to seven on 97.5-1280 The Zone, powered by KSLSports.com. DJ and PK, it's time for Hot Takes or Toast, brought to you by Zero Res, the only carpet cleaner. For smarter, lasting, clean. Zero Res is padded process, uses only water to clean, meaning no crunchy carpets and a spot-free carpet that's safe for the whole family. Schedule your carpet cleaning today by calling 801-288-9376 or booking online at zeroresaltlake.com. If you're up north, it's zeroresdavisweaver.com. Question of the morning, how bad does it suck that the Jazz lost to the Lakers? It sucks a lot. They're the Lakers. It always sucks to lose to the Lakers, and it sucks worse when the Lakers are having a season where they suck on a semi-regular basis. Not a sucking going on. Exactly. Kyle says it's bad. We're no different than Boozer and Williams years. And if you think we are, you're delirious. I don't think delirious. Delusional is the word. Delirious? <laughs> Just wandering in the desert looking for water. I'm delirious. You could be delirious or delusional. No, I think it's delusional. Scott says it's terrible. A good chunk of the blame is on the coaching, predictable lineups, and poor adjustments. Coaching, huh? Bryson says, oh, not four of our main contributors going one for 26 from three? Come on! I love a good solid come on at the end of the hot take. Come on! I love a good solid one, one set for twenty six that allows you to get closer to the basket. That's just me, man. The threes are nice, but when they ain't a falling, you ain't a winning. Poor coaching, no heart, no offense, no defense. Scrub Lakers having a good night. 
Ryan has a lot of complaints. Oh, yeah. I get sense the frustration with Ryan. Mark says teams are going to be positioning themselves to get the Jazz in the first round. This team just isn't a championship caliber team. Positioning themselves? Uh, like who? Why? The Jazz <laughs> usually get out of the first round. That's not the problem. DeGiro says, what a joke. We lost to a team that's older than Jack Nicholson. No excuse. But not older than Lou Adler. How old is Lou Adler? Oh, look up Lou. He's way up there. That's Jack's buddy sits right next to him. Oh, really? You don't know Lou Adler? Uh, no, I guess not. I guess I should. I can hear in your tone of voice. I should. Wow. I will, I will Google Lou Adler. Oh, I recognize him. Yeah, I've seen that guy. <laughs> Film producer, co-owner of the Roxy Theater. Okay. Yeah. Behind the times of my, my Hollywood faces and names. Well, he's been there for years. That's like Diane Cannon. <laughs> Penny Marshall and, you know, these people that go their staples before there was even the staples. Nice. So. Going back to the form days. Yeah. I mean, now you get everybody and their dog. And have been for a number of years, but those fans that I just mentioned, you're going back 40 years. Chris says losing to the Lakers sucks as bad as they're shooting. That there were a lot of missed shots in that game. There was a lot of opportunity for whoever could get their act together. Neither team shot 30 percent from three. Your big thing is that they were not fresh, right? Then how do you explain Mike Conley? Why was he fresh? Why was one of the older guys fresh? He was the outlier and all that. Because yeah. I don't buy that. No, I don't think he, he was the outlier in terms of making shots. Right. That's what but, I meant. But the fresh stuff is a bunch of beats. Right. Him playing the back-to-backs. I mean, they're, I thought he wasn't going to play back-to-backs this year, and clearly that's become selective. And they had three days off before this back-to-back, so he went ahead and played. Yeah. So I don't buy. I think it was just poor shot selection. They weren't hitting. And I know that's what they do, but do you have to do it every time, no matter what? We're going to do it even when we know there's little chance that it's going to go in. So we just do it. And that's what we do. So, And then the coach complains about it after the game. Meanwhile, rack up another L to a sub-500 team. I mean, you can, I can't even recall them all. There's been so many of them. But that's what we do, damn it. And we're not changing, so screw you. And when we got our nucleus going one for 25, tough. You don't like it? Too bad. Okay. I appreciate that approach. I, I, yeah, I'm as stubborn as they come. I love <laughs> you stubborn love identity. <laughs> Conley, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, they shot the three well. And the other guys didn't. Yeah, um, they were all... Back to back too, so that that that's the thing is that 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 sounds good, and I know you hit on it on Twitter. That sounds good. It's a logical explanation, except it doesn't apply to everybody. So if it doesn't apply to everybody, then it should apply to nobody. More on the Jazz coming up. Right now, we're going to pivot and talk NFL playoffs. Jason Cole joining us, longtime veteran NFL reporter and NFL Hall of Fame selector. Jason, welcome back to the show. Good to be here. What's going on, guys? Well, there's a lot of storylines, and there's a lot of things to get to, but the Cowboys are America's team, and the end of that game was a mess, and there were way too many penalties, 
And honestly, they got dominated by that Niner defense. They only scored seven points in the first three quarters. That's a huge problem. And is anything going to change in Dallas at all? Or is it just going to be wash, rinse, and repeat? And we'll see these Cowboys win a bunch of regular season games and check out of the playoffs early again next year. You got it. You're, you're, you're good. You, you you got the explanation. It's it's not changing. <laughs> like Jerry Jones is in charge. And the only thing that he wants is a coach that will allow him to do what he wants. So he's not going to change up for that. And it do- ultimately doesn't really matter who the coach is. Uh, I would say this. I think Mike McCarthy's done a pretty good job of navigating Jerry to get the team to where it is. Um, I think Jerry's going to interfere more and more because he thinks he has a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl. But other than that, no. I I don't see them changing after having a coach who got them to the playoffs. And, by the way, they led the league in scoring this year. I mean, that's a good team. It's not a great team, but it's a good team, and they're going the right direction. So... I think some of this histrionics about firing McCarthy are kind of silly. Do you feel the same way about uh, Kingsbury with Arizona? Um, I mean, generally, yes. I mean, it, I, I, look, again, I think Kingsbury's done a really good job. I'm not a big fan of that offense. Um, I think that offense is based on – it's X's and O's based – spacing that requires superior players to make it work the right way. And so when you lose a DeAndre Hopkins, all of a sudden everything sort of falls apart, if that makes sense. Um, So they have to do one thing. They either have to get, you know, they have to get Hopkins back, but they constantly have to feed that offense star receivers or they have to make the transition to what New Orleans did with Drew Brees so much, which was make sure that you have two really good guards, great guards, and a really great center who are stout, who make sure that you have a clean pocket for your short quarterback. Um, Because he can't really exist other than that. Uh, I mean, like the interception on the the Connor screen pass. Well, Connor, you can make the argument that Connor should have caught the ball that's the kind of throw that you get from a short quarterback because he's got to angle that ball up high and and hard to get it around the defensive lineman. So you really got to have a clean pocket for a guy like that. So Kingsbury has to go one of two ways. I think the most likely way is he's going to go with superior wide receivers. So they have to keep bringing in those guys. And unfortunately, they're either A, high draft picks, or B, expensive free agents. They've gone from five wins to eight wins to 11 wins in the three years he's been there. Should there be this much mm-hmm. hand-wringing, or should they just... No. I mean, they, they seem on the right track, even though the results... That, the problem is they, they play much better early in the year than they do play late, and then they play late in the year. And that has been a trend each of the three years. Sure. But the win total is still... I mean, that, that's a great trend, 5, 8, 11. Absolutely. They're doing fine. Okay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be changing the coach. I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm not sure I would have hired him in the first place because, again, as a foot, he doesn't play a kind of style of football that I like to play, um, and I like to build because I think it's precarious. But if you were gonna, 
draft that quarterback. You're going to go draft a coach who knows how to use that particular quarterback, right? So from that perspective, I'm, I'm good with it. And like one size does not fit all in the NFL. You can win multiple ways with multiple different systems. The question is, what is the most consistent way to win in the NFL? And I don't think it's the way that Kingsbury coaches and the way that he's formulated his offense or the way that you have a short quarterback who depends on running around. You know, a short quarterback who runs around eventually becomes a short quarterback who doesn't run as much because his body gets banged up. And that day is going to come sooner than later. And what you have left is a guy that you have to protect in a very, very different way. From both aspects, Jason, I was really surprised with the Bills and Patriots. What do you make of both of those teams in that situation? I thought that was going to be a blowout. Um, I I wasn't surprised at all. I think Buffalo is just better than them. Um, Now, it got out of hand. It was extreme, obviously, because Buffalo scored a touchdown on every one of their possessions. But I don't think those two teams are particularly close. And I don't think that – I think the Patriots – I think Mac Jones was okay in a first playoff game as a rookie in a brutal environment and a hard place to throw in zero-degree weather. He better learn to do that because that's going to be the kind of playoff weather he plays in his entire career as long as in the the Northeast. Um, So I, I think there were some promising things for the Patriots. But the Patriots were a team that won a lot of games this year by reducing errors and, and slowing games down and um, you know, just playing percentages. And once in a, when you come up against teams that are just better than you and have better personnel overall, they're going to they're gonna destroy you. And I know Buffalo, their record doesn't indicate that, but they had this really rough patch in the middle of the season You know when they got, got banged up, their offense had some problems. And, you know, they lost Tredavious White. You know, if you take away that middle part of the season, this is a team that started 4-1 and one and ended the regular season 4-0 and oh, and now are basically 5-0, and oh, you know, five-game winning streak. That's a pretty dominant team. You know, they survived that middle stretch and made the playoffs. I, I think Buffalo is a lot better than we make them out to be. And I think they have a pretty good chance to go into Kansas City with that with that offense and because they're willing to throw it and challenge that Chiefs defense. The Chiefs and the Bucks both win big. They were supposed to win big. The seven seeds mm-hmm. haven't won yet. I'm sure they will at some point because we've seen nine and seven teams go to the Super Bowl and in the case of the Giants win it. So it'll happen. But do you do you like this? <laughs> I mean, are they letting in too many teams? Or is it just it's a money machine? And if the the number two seeds have quarterbacks that everybody wants to watch, and the NFL wouldn't have made money if those guys had buys and were standing on the sidelines. So just deal with the expanded playoffs. Yeah, pretty much. Like this is still a business. At the end of the day, <laughs> they want they want to see more games. They want Monday night games. They like Sunday night games. They yeah you know, they want games. There's, you know, networks are desperate for more live action. So give them what they want, take the money for it, and run. Um, I hope they don't go to eight. I mean, look, seven's pushing it. It really is. I mean, because Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's record was was fine, but Pittsburgh was a horrible team this year. I mean, that, that offense by the end of the year was just 
I mean, it was it was awful to watch. And I wasn't, you know, like that game. I basically didn't watch much beyond the second quarter, right? So I don't know how how valuable that is as a as a commodity long term for the networks, other than they do have some action. Um, and you know, Philly. I wasn't really dying to watch that team play in the playoffs either. Um, they're pretty mediocre, but you know they have winning records, so it's okay. I think you get into troubling areas where you have those years where you got eight and nine teams, or maybe even at some point a seven and ten team. That's really a, where I think you're you're hurting the integrity of your game if that starts to happen. But I, I still think that's going to be the exception. Um, other than that, yeah, deal with it. This is this is what you get from a money making enterprise. For sure, yeah, no doubt about that. As I look ahead, I view Green Bay as a solid number one seed, and obviously in my mind they they belong there. Uh, in the AFC, Tennessee's the number one seed, and, and they belong there because they got there. But are, do you view them as invincible? And maybe I'm wrong to view Green Bay as a heavy favorite, and we'll see what happens. But I think Cincinnati has a decent shot against Tennessee. Oh yeah, I like. I mean, now they played in the regular season, and, and Tennessee stopped them pretty good. And I think Tennessee's offense, Tennessee's defense, is is pretty darn good in the back end, um, and their ability to handle Jamar Chase and Higgins and, and Boyd, um, they're going to give Joe Burrow more trouble than you expect. The other, the other problem I have with Cincinnati is I thought Zach Taylor was a little bit too conservative early in the game when he had opportunities to to put that game away. Like, they, their first three possessions were all deep in Oakland territory. Um, via return or the or the fumble by Derek Carr, and they go up 13-0. But that really needed to be a 17 or 21 to nothing game for them to sort of establish themselves as, hey, look, we're serious contenders. There's still that, you know, <laughs> they're not ready for primetime players. That that's They're really, really good. Um, I just figure that they're going to fall into being, you know, into being Bengalized by the Brown family, and, like, they're just not going to achieve what they're supposed to achieve. That's That's my fear of this Bengals team with Burrow and Chase. Now, hopefully they overcome it, but I was really kind of disappointed with Zach Taylor not driving that game a little bit harder. All that said, yeah, the matchup is pretty good for them if they can get a couple of quick scores. If they can get a couple of quick scores and put the game in Ryan Tannehill's hands where he's forced to drop back a lot and they either don't use uh, you know Dante Freeman or they don't use... Derrick Henry um, on a regular basis and, and pound Cincinnati, then I think that becomes a game. But if it's a slower game where Tennessee is, you know, it's a one-score game all the way and Tennessee is able to establish their running game, I think that becomes really hard for the Bengals. For the Titans here, doesn't it just depend on if they get their star back back and get him healthy and he's 100% because – if they've got him, then they're back to who they were when they, as PK say, they earned the number one seed. I mean, credit them for holding on to it without him, but to think that they can win three straight playoff games with him at limited in whatever fashion he's limited, whether it's 
conditioning or soreness or injury or re-injury or whatever, that, that seems like a crazy thought. But if he's 100%, they could do this. Yeah, I don't know. Look, that's a tough foot injury to come back from a loose Frank, Frank fra- fracture. Um, you know, so we'll see uh, on that one, you know, how much confidence he has in his feet because, you know, big, a big guy's got to be have, have that confidence to really put your foot in the ground and, and you know, attack, attack a, a defender. Look, but I thought Foreman was really good, right? Like, I, I don't think that that's necessarily their problem. I think their problem is if they like if if Ryan Tannehill has to make too many plays, he's still just Ryan Tannehill. He's a really nice version of Rich Gannon. Um, like that that's what he is. Um, you don't want to have to have him have to make five or six plays, you know, critical throws in a game. You want to reduce that down to two, three, maybe four big throws, you know, third and six, third and eight plays, you know, getting you out of bad field position so that, you know, you're you're punting from, you know, when you have to give up the ball, you're not giving it up in, in you know, midfield, at midfield, things like that. That's, that's the kind of thing I worry about with Tennessee more than anything else. Their defense, championship caliber defense, no question. The coach, I mean, Vrabel learned everything possible from Belichick in terms of game management that you pop, that you could. And on top of that, he's a great communicator and has a vision for what his team should be, right? Um, so you have a, a really great up-and-coming coach. So all the pieces are in place for them to win, with the exception of one thing. The quarterback's just, he's a, you know, he's above average player, and that's about it. I that's the best I can say about him. So I, you know, that's where I think the liability comes in uh, for them because in the in the playoffs you need a combination of a great quarterback and a great coach generally to get you through it. They got one of those two, not not the critical one, the quarterback. Jason, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and talking NFL playoffs this morning. Anytime, guys. Be good. Enjoy it. Jason Cole, longtime veteran NFL reporter, NFL Hall of Fame selector, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, coming up in a little more than an hour. we got more on the Jazz loss to the Lakers. Next, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. Joining us now, David Cantor, agent for Eric Weddle. Of all the players I've represented, I've probably represented 2,000 guys in the last 26 years. He was the most comfortable post-life of any guy I've ever represented. I can't stress this enough. He's never once said, hey, reach out to Sean and, and, and see what the Rams think. It was none of that. This was not initiated by us. This was not a desirous thing. Like, oh, man, I'd love to get a chance to win a ring again. Maybe we should sniff around some of the playoff teams. I did none of that. This is Eric Weddle loving his teammates, has unbelievable relationships. This is for the love of the game. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Visit the Ford fans on Level 6 at the next Utah Jazz game where there are free pop shot games, cornhole, and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. Question of the morning for Jazz fans. 
How bad does it suck that the Jazz lost to the Lakers? Darren says it sucks, and it sucks even more when Clarkson, Mitchell, and Bogey go combined 0 for 18 from 3 for the game. We're not going to win many games doing that. Darren, you're right. The Jets will not win many games doing that. And they're 0 for 18. You can add in the 1 for 8 from Rudy Gay. That makes it 1 for 26, and that is just way too many missed shots. Right. If those guys combine to make only one more three than Rudy Gobert, we're in trouble. <laughs> An excellent point. <laughs> I like the math. When Can you remember that <laughs> when David Locke comes on? Hey, when uh, these four guys make one more three than Rudy Gobert, what happens? What's, what's the Jazz record in those situations? Locke, oh, whatever. Locke will have the number. Just bam, bam. <laughs> oh, they're over. Oh, yeah, that was not not good. I mean, I'm not this basketball genius, and I never played the game. I never put my finger on the hardwood, never touched the leather. Uh, I, I just don't understand why you keep jacking them up if they're not falling. And to your point, the Lakers, by taking nine fewer threes, create opportunities for a few more twos. And three or four of those go, and there's the difference in a six-point game. Most definitely. Yeah, just it's, I don't know. Always, it's always baffled me. Maybe that's just me. I, I don't understand it. But what's the story there? Yeah, I'm looking at the box score and the uh, audio played. Uh, that's why, if you may have heard that. Uh, but yeah, it just, it just, it has always baffled me. But I guess that's who they are, and that's who they're going to be. And we can complain. I can complain. I could be baffled all I want. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But it does, Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. Yeah. Is there anything they can do on nights when it's not falling? Because that is the nature of shooting. Now, you're not going to have a night like this very often where virtually everybody not every. I mean, you always said Conley and, and Joe were, were good. Conley, Joe, and Royce O'Neal. Royce yeah. was uh, three for five, and Joe was three for six, and Conley was five for nine. So those three guys are 11 of 20, and you're going to win a lot of games shooting 55% from three. But sure. the other guys those, didn't have it going. Those guys usually aren't going to be in the top three of FGAs. You know what I mean? You are correct. <laughs> you are correct. Mitchell and Bogey are going to take a lot of shots. Yeah. That's how the team's built. That's what you expect. And, and so is Clarkson. So I guess Rudy Gay's eight three-pointers, you know, that's a little bit of an outlier. But I think for Gay, for his minutes, I'd have to look. It seems like he shoots a lot for the limited minutes that he plays. Mm-hmm. He did. 12 I'm, shots in 18 minutes. Right. But I'm, I'm just talking all eight, the time. Eight three-pointers. Right. And, you know, they brought him in for that. And obviously he's better than that. And so he's a proven commodity. And so people worried about Joe shooting. I'm not worried about Joe shooting because he all of a sudden he didn't forget how to shoot. He, he didn't lose the skill of shooting. Some of them haven't been going in. But when he's only taken three or four, you can sort of live with that. But when you're taking so many high-volume possessions over the guys you just mentioned and they're not going in, is there anything they can do differently? To me, especially Mitchell, you know, he's so good. 
right? Does he need to settle for eight three-pointers? Can he do some stuff to get closer? Because he is just massively skilled, right? Is there anything else that he could have done? Just say, rather than saying, hey, you know, we're not going to deviate long-term from our plan, but this particular night, we've got to win this ball game against this crappy team, and I'm not feeling it. Can you adjust then, or am I just way off and saying you, you can't? I mean, he you was six, the game, so he was six for eleven on two pointers. Right. You know, so I think the only way to really know this is to go back over the film, and you and I aren't going to do this because the game ended late and we went to bed, so we can be here early. But I am a hundred percent sure that Donovan and the coaches already have gone back and looked at those possessions and tried to figure exactly that out. How many of those eight were late in the shot clock They had to be taken? How many of them were wide open and had to be taken? And how many of them were a little contested, a little early in the clock, and or maybe somewhere else in the possession there's a chance for him or somebody else to attack the basket? Because they got yeah. no problem with layups, dunks, and free throws. And Donovan, 11 two-point shots, he only got to the line once. That's not good enough. A, no. a player of his skill to only go one for one from the free throw line Seems like there's some lost opportunities there. Agreed. Your star players in the NBA need to shoot more free throws. And free throws are down this year because they're calling the game differently, but they're down for everybody, so the stars should still be shooting more free throws. And you look at the other team's box score, and LeBron shot eight, and Westbrook shot four, and they have the name and the stature. They should be getting to the line, and they play a style of game where they should be getting to the line, and they did. Now, LeBron missed a bunch of them. That was weird, but he was four for eight at the line. And for me, I've grown a little weary of, well, you know, we've got to be playing our best ball in April or May. Okay, if you are playing your best ball and you get to finals, or even if you get to the Western Conference finals, all right, okay. But if you don't, then we've got to play our best ball in the spring rings hollow in the regular season. And then also, too, you know, we've got to look at the film. This isn't really, you know, college football or even the NFL where you don't play that many games. And plus, it's harder to see on the sidelines. So you need to look at the film. That's why they got guys sitting, you know, uh, several hundred feet up in the press box. Can't you see it as it's happening? Do you need to look at the film as it's happening? I think as a shooter, you know when you're 0 for 8 from 3. I think everybody knows that. Now, to know what happened and where the opportunity was in the possession – some of the time you're going to know that. Maybe not all of the time. Uh, but you're definitely going to know. I mean, shooters know when they're missing. There's it, no question about does that. Does it destroy the coach? Does this coach destroy, destroy their confidence? He says, hey, guys, maybe let's back off the three a little bit tonight. That probably depends on the player and the situation. And we will ask. Let's get Riley on and ask him that. How to handle that delicately. All right. We got a, uh, right now we got, uh, we got a question coming up in our next segment. Uh, there was an, an injury. We will get into this. Uh, but whenever something this weird happens, you want to go nuts, except, and this gets to your question, PK, does it turn you into a hypocrite if you go nuts on somebody doing something stupid? And we got some funny stories, and we'll get to that coming up. DJ and PK, right now, time to welcome in Andrew once again from Wasatch Medical. And Andrew, you got a breakthrough treatment, no pills, no injections, no surgery. Yes, those are uh, three things men typically want to avoid if they're struggling with ED. If you're out there 
frustrated in the bedroom, Wasatch Medical Clinic, with this technology, the acoustic wave, we've helped a lot of guys. They come in a little bit frustrated. Uh, they, uh, this technology repairs the blood vessels. It improves circulation in this part of the body, and they get relief from the pill. The relationship is what uh, benefits. I'll tell you, you'll be amazed what can happen, not just in the bedroom, but life in general when we get your blood flowing properly. What do patients tell you when they finish the treatments? They tell us how, of course, the ED goes away. They don't, uh, they're not a prisoner to the pill and the timing of that. And then the relationship improves. Uh, I think that ED has a ripple effect. When things don't go well in the bedroom, uh, they don't go well outside of the bedroom. So we get that fixed, and what a stress reliever. And you got a discount, a special offer for our listeners. In time for Valentine's Day, guys. You'll be done with the treatments before then. Call us now if you're ready to regain your love life. Uh, you'll meet with our doctor. The exam assessment, even the blood flow ultrasound is free. And the gift, this is worth coming in even if you don't take treatments. It produces immediate results. And this part's pretty cool and valuable. Blood work and testosterone, that's free as well. Guys, if you want to treat the root cause of the problem, give Andrew a call right now. Call Wasatch Medical at 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Call now. Regain your love life at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.